Well, I told you that today would probably be like us moving into a new house, having boxes scattered everywhere, not really even knowing where the light switches are, much less the things that are more important like the restrooms. Uh, but so far, so good. And uh, I hope that you'll take a moment today and just look around and spend a, a little time discovering. Next week, we'll have more. Uh, there's furniture on the way. Uh, that's our hope, and there's signage that's going to be installed, and uh, some new things will be occurring over the next couple of weeks. So you've got more reasons why to show up again. If you're a guest of ours, man, what an honor for you to be with us on this very special day. Uh, we hope that we might become friends and maybe, God willing, family, and we would love for that to be the case. I'd like to be able to pray for you individually by name along with our staff and there is a welcome card in front of you that if you'll fill out and stop by Guest Connections which is right outside the back of this wall just stop by Guest Connections and hand them that card they will give you a gift today and tomorrow as our staff gathers together we will begin praying for each of you by name love the opportunity to do that and I'd like to send you some information about some upcoming events that you might be interested in that are specifically for our guests. I would be remiss if I didn't mention just a gratitude for all of our folks that have been serving leading up into this day. Uh, some of them uh, we have employed, like Media Merge, who's here with us today. They've been doing all the sound and lighting and I would say that they've been working morning till night, but there have been some occurrences that they have worked morning to morning into the early morning hours to get everything done, along with our staff who's just put in so much time and ministers, uh, member ministers that have just done so beautifully to make sure everything is ready as best as it can be today. As I was leaving the building yesterday and everything was dark and the doors were locked, I just couldn't help but thank the Lord for the numbers of people that have given so much, not just financially, but their heart, their soul is in this, and their physical work. Would you just pause for a moment and thank them, congratulate them, and bless the Lord. Our great dedication service is going to be on Janu January the 10th, so I'm hoping that you're anticipating that Sunday. Next Sunday is our Christmas Sunday. We'll be celebrating Christmas in this room, and hopefully you'll be here and invite your friends and family to join you as we celebrate the glory of Christmas. Take your Bibles, if you will, or there's a Bible in front of you in one of the seats. Uh, and look to Isaiah. You might have to go to the table of content. That might not have been a book that you've been in for a while. If you can find Psalms in the Old Testament and go to the right a little bit, you'll find this great book written by a prophet of God named Isaiah. And I want to look at the 55th chapter of Isaiah today. This has been where I have been personally reading for the last couple of months and just journaling through every verse in Isaiah. It has been so rich. And when I was working through Isaiah 55, I just settled there and thought, Lord, that's the, that's the one for the first message to be preached in this building. Recall with me a time that you have been really thirsty. Now, for me, it's usually in the heat of the summer, been working outside, and maybe I didn't bring a water bottle with me. And I might go into the house, and Kay will extend to me a water bottle. It's cool. 
and I'll take that long, tall drink of cold water and just have that great refreshment. And then what comes out of me is just natural. It's a universal sound when you have a thirst that has suddenly been quenched, and that sound is simply, ah, right? And we all have that that just comes out of us when we have a satisfaction to a thirst. It's similar for us when we sit down at a wonderful meal and we're hungry and we have that first bite, that savory bite of a scrumptious meal and seemingly what is just in us that has to come out of us and sound is just, mmm. Everybody has those. Just the ahs and the mmms that come out of life. They're a response to us. And they are continuous, just expressions of satisfaction, of thirst, and hunger. But they are short-lived, aren't they? I mean, honestly, only a weirdo gets up from the table and sits to the couch and for the rest of the evening says, mmm. <laughs> not only is that not culturally acceptable, but that is also not true, is it? Because thirst and hunger isn't satisfied continuously. It's just short-lived. It's only a matter of time from within we start to feel thirsty and hungry again. And we look for that opportunity to satisfy that which is short-lived in hunger and thirst. People are continuously looking for that kind of satisfaction. Kay and I have had opportunity to travel with my parents many times, and my dad is notorious to ask repetitive questions. For instance, in the morning breakfast, he will ask this, what do y'all have in mind for lunch? <laughs> and at lunch, he'll ask a similar question, anybody got a thought for dinner? <laughs> and at dinner, he'll ask a similar question, what kind of ice cream do y'all want later? <laughs> and when I hear him say those things and think about that today, it is a reminder to me that our appetites are not always satisfied. You can satisfy an appetite at breakfast and you're ready for lunch again in just a few hours. And you can have a hearty lunch and be ready for dinner when it comes time. And even satisfied at dinner, you might want that post-dinner little snack. It's because our appetites are constantly craving, and it's not just about food, is it? It's about all the appetites that we have in our flesh. The appetites for experiences. We can have grand experiences and we're looking for the next experience. And we can have wonderful relationships and we might want more relationships. And we can have possessions, but we really want additional possessions. In every aspect of this life, our cravings are not satisfied. It's like Mick Jagger singing, I can't get no satisfaction, but I try. And I try, and I try. Sir Mick had it right, didn't he? Well, the Lord is the only one who can give us genuine and lasting satisfaction. And that's what Isaiah 55 is all about. I just want to give you a heads up where this is going. If you have a longing that you can't quite satisfy, if you have a craving that is not satiated with that of this world, it could be that God is saying to you, there's a deeper soul 
and spiritual longing that you're trying to satisfy with something temporary and it's not going to work. And God is wanting to say to you today, I will provide the satisfaction that you're really hungry for. Isaiah chapter 55, look at the first three verses here. This is God beckoning to his people through his prophet. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here that your soul may live. You see where he's going, right? He's saying that you're going to have thirst and hunger for food and water, at least in this life you're going to. But God wants us to acknowledge a deeper longing, a deeper need, a thirst and hunger in our soul and spirit where we find deeper longings that are not satisfied with the temporal offerings of this world. Jesus extended that kind of satisfaction to a woman who was a Samaritan. She had come in the heat of the day to seek refreshment from an ancient well called Jacob's Well. Jesus met her there because he too was wearied from his journey and he sat down there at the well. Now the Lord and this woman are two very different people. Jesus is totally and absolutely righteous. And this woman is sinful through and through. She is like all of us. But here they are, two very different people with the same thirst the same need for satisfaction. What Jesus begins to offer her is something greater than just the thirst that she has in her throat. She has a thirst for something deeper, and Jesus wants her to identify that. She has attempted to mask over that void in her soul through relationships, immoral relationships. Now, before you point a bony finger of accusation to her we should also point to ourselves, because we all have a tendency to mask over the deeper need that God wants us to identify and find satisfaction in him for us it's that we long for love but we are appeased with lust or maybe it's that we need inner peace and rather than finding peace in Christ we create external turmoil so that we don't really think about the inner peace that we long for. Or maybe it's that we have a need for rest for our souls, and rather than to acknowledge that, we create a busyness externally in which we try to garner attention. We are all like that woman, aren't we? To not really identify the deep need that Christ wants to afford satisfaction to. But Jesus loves us enough to not let us do that without helping us to identify the deep need and the only way for that need to be satisfied through him. He says to the woman, and by extension to us, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. You draw from this well, Jacob's well, and what a well it is. It's been going for hundreds and hundreds of years. You draw from that well, and you're going to be thirsty again. But he says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him 
he will never be thirsty again so there's a satisfaction that comes in Christ that is only afforded by Christ and it is long-lasting forever the water that I give him will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life in other words there's a greater need that Jesus wants us to identify and that need is for spiritual transformation from him through his spirit now through the spirit of Jesus Christ he provides for us cleansing and forgiveness of our sins he provides for us spiritual life from heaven he provides the new and abundant life that will last for today and all the way through eternity so when Jesus is offering living water to us he is graciously providing all of that and more now as we celebrate the first Sunday of this new worship center I make it my pledge and the pledge of this church that the message of God to soul thirsty and spirit hungry people will ring loudly in this building and that message is clear come everyone who is thirsty come everyone who is hungry come to Jesus and he will bring refreshment to you that will be eternal he will give you rich food and the rich food is his word in this building the word of God will be proclaimed so come and receive refreshment from Jesus Christ how many of you would identify yourself as a foodie? Uh, you can admit it. You can raise your hand. This isn't Foodies Anonymous. <laughs> yeah, I'm a foodie as well, as a foodie a skinny guy can be. I like good food, and good thing for me, I've married a good cook. And we enjoy eating at home, and we enjoy going out and eating good food as well. But have you ever noticed that the good stuff is usually limited like, is it just me or does it tick you off that the hot now button isn't always on? <laughs> or have you ever noticed that they only provide seafood buffets on the weekend and the good stuff on the menus is for a limited time only? I want you to listen real carefully to me. The good food the offerings of Jesus Christ, the refreshment and satisfaction of hunger is for a limited time only. It will not be extended to all people for all time. It is a limited time offering. The door is wide open now and the invitation is from Christ. Come and eat. If you're thirsty, come and be refreshed. He is inviting us to a wondrous banquet one day, the first day in heaven, and it is a whosoever will may come offering. But my friends, I want you to know that once the food has been prepared, the table set, and the saints of God are seated, the door is closed. And if you're going to enter into the glorious satisfaction of Christ, if you're going to come to his table and you're going to eat and have fellowship with him, it will be because you choose in this season to say yes to him. To say no to the external satisfying ways that the world tempts us to find satisfaction but leaves us far short. 
and say yes to the one who is the bread of life. To say yes to him, denying yourself and saying yes to him and following him for the rest of your days. And this is what Isaiah is calling us to. He says in Isaiah 55, verse 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Now let me mention three things. Number one, Isaiah proclaims from God, Seek the Lord Jesus. Seek him. In other words, be active and intentional in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. With eagerness, seek Jesus. That means not doing it haphazardly, not doing it half-heartedly, but seeking him, dropping everything that is not eternally valuable and seeking after what is supremely valuable, and that is a relationship and salvation in Jesus Christ. Seek that. If you're hungry, seek Jesus. If you're thirsty, seek Jesus. Now, many people throughout the ages have focused on what is temporary rather than what is eternal. It's really foolish, isn't it, for us to put our eyes on that which will not last forever, especially when God is giving us sight to what his eternal kingdom is all about. And he does that by his word and by his spirit. Wisdom lays everything aside, pushes it away that it's temporary, and picks up that which is eternal. Now listen, if you are trying to satisfy the deeper longings that you have, if you're masking over them, if you're putting on all this front as if everything is okay, drop it and pick up what Christ is affording you today, which is a relationship with him. Forsake the life in which you have been living and live the life that Christ gives you with all abundance and treasure today. Seeking the Lord means that we purposely realign our life to him. One author expressed it this way, we stop treating the Lord as a religious garnish on the side. Instead, he becomes our continual feast. That is to seek the Lord. I'm not just going to add the Lord to my already busy life. I'm not going to just add the Lord to all these ways that I'm attempting to be satisfied. I'm going to choose to push all of that aside, and I am going to seek Him and dwell on Him, focus on Him, and have relationship with Him. Seek the Lord Jesus because He is purposefully revealing Himself today. Now, Jesus is not suggesting I'm discoverable. Jesus is calling out, here I am. In fact, from the pages of the Bible, he is declaring, here I am. From the testament of his Holy Spirit, he's claiming, here I am. And for the wondrous transforming testimonies of millions and millions of people, including hundreds that are in this room, he is declaring, here I am. Seek him. Seek him because he is to be found. But he says beyond seeking him, he says call upon him. Call upon him while he is near. 
Now, the good news is that God does not require us to ascend to him. There's no climbing your way to heaven. Sinners cannot transform themselves to be saints. If we could, what would we ever do with all the vast amount of sin that we've already committed? There's no ascending to God. Instead, God, who is high and exalted in heaven, has descended through Jesus, his son, to us on earth. And that is the glorious truth of the gospel. You don't have to claw your way to God in heaven. God has humbled himself in the manner of flesh and come in his son Jesus. And he has dwelt among us. What should we say when we call upon him while he is near? Well, I can tell you what they say throughout the scripture. Desperate people, when they recognize that Jesus is in proximity to them, have a common call to God. And here's what it is. Jesus, have mercy on me. And that's a prayer that Jesus hears and he moves in to respond. Now take a minute and look at your handout. Did you get a handout when you came in today? Look at the back page of the handout. I want to point five ways in which the calling of Jesus is responded to by him. Calling on Jesus is to admit your inability to save yourself and earn favor with God by your actions. All right, calling upon him is to seek his mercy, just admitting, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't save myself and I can't earn favor with you. If that's you today and you're recognizing that, that you're in a good place, you're in a good position. The next point is just trust the Lord. Trust him who took sin upon your sin upon his sinless body to be the substitutionary atonement on the cross of Jesus, satisfying the divine judgment that comes against sin and sinners. The wrath of God is satisfied by Jesus. Trust him for that, that he took your sin upon himself and died with it on the cross. And when you trust him in that, then be repentant. Repentant is meaning turning away from what was once lived and turning to the one who is eternal. The way Isaiah says that, he says, forsake your ways. If you're wicked, forsake your ways. If your thoughts are sinful, forsake those ways and return to the Lord. And then plea for mercy. And what I love about Isaiah's call for us to plea for mercy is God's response. Because when you plea for God's mercy, he promises two responses. You see them right there in your handout. One is he will have compassion on you. And secondly, he will abundantly pardon you. If you bought into the lie that one day you might earn your way to heaven or one day God's going to weigh out your life and maybe you'll make it, you hope that you'll make it, you hope you're going to be saved. Listen, plead the mercy of Jesus because he promises he will have compassion. Compassion is a move with sympathy. It's not just being sympathetic towards us. God is moving in sympathy to fix what is the problem, and we are the problem. So he moves with compassion, and he pardons us. Not just some of us, not just some of the sin of our life. He pardons in abundance all of our lives. What a glorious truth that is. And then finally, you can see then you can receive his salvation by faith. I would encourage you to take that Old Testament passage and just reckon that God is sharing the gospel with you there. The good news about Jesus Christ. 
Today is a new beginning, quite literally for us as a congregation. It's a new beginning and a new worship center. And as we start ministering in this building, wouldn't it be great if everyone in this room had a spiritual refreshment? Wouldn't it be great for those of you who are not in relationship to Jesus yet to come into relationship with him and have a fresh spiritual start? Wouldn't it be great for you who have meandered away, you've wandered away from the things of God and you've been entertaining the appetites of your flesh? Wouldn't it be great that you would return to the Lord? Wouldn't it be great today that those of us who have had unrighteous thoughts to lay them down, push them aside in the name of Jesus, and take on the mind of Christ. Wouldn't it be great if today was that day for you to seek him, to call upon him, to forsake your sinful ways, to rid your mind, be cleansed by Christ from those unrighteous thoughts, and return to the Lord? It can be that, which leads me to the final point that I wanted to share with you today. Trust God to accomplish salvation by his word you don't have to accomplish it christ has already accomplished it you just have to receive and walk in that which is yours in christ jesus he's offering it to you as a gift now it's going to be costly it's costly to him and it's costly to you as well to receive this gift because you're not going to be able to live in the ways that you've been living you're not going to be able to think in the ways you've been thinking you can't be satisfied in the ways you've been satisfied trusting him and calling upon him with salvation means that all of your life is going to experience change he says in verse 8 through 11 for my thoughts are not your thoughts neither are my ways your way declares the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now listen to this illustration. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. Let me just say, if you're hearing the liar, the enemy, if you're hearing Satan whisper in your thoughts that this new life is not for you, that it can't be that you're going to ever change. You are who you are. If you're hearing that lie, listen to God, whose truth says, my word will accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. It will succeed. This doesn't have anything to do with you. This has everything to do with God, who is providing for you a generous gift. Receive it and walk in it with repentance. See what God will do in your life when you move in faith. Israel is unlike many of its Middle Eastern neighbors. To the south, the Nile River provides the water for those broad valleys of Egypt. In fact, the overwhelming number of people in Egypt live near the banks of the Nile River. It is the way they can live in that arid desert climate. The Fertile Crescent is possible because of the mountains of Turkey 
as the rains and snow falls on the mountains, it begins the Tigris and the Euphrates River system that migrates through Turkey and Syria and Iraq, and then it borders along the, the way to Iran and Saudi Arabia and Kuwait. It's that river system of the Nile and the Tigris and the Euphrates that makes life possible in the Middle East. But it is not that way for Israel. God wanted it to be very different for Israel. In fact, he said to them, you will not survive on river systems. You will survive in dependence on me. I will provide rain for you. In fact, he would teach the people to be faithful and obedient to him, and in response to their faithfulness and obedience to him, he would provide the refreshment of rain. And when he provided the rain, then the harvest would be plentiful, and the sower would have plenty of seed to sow, and the people would have all the food necessary. Isaiah proclaimed that God's word is like that to each of us. It's a blessing to us. Our life and salvation is not dependent on any other thing, it's not dependent upon us. It's totally dependent upon God, that God would provide his word and that God would provide salvation. Like rain sent from heaven would provide for the bounty of the earth, so God's word has been sent from heaven to provide life abundantly for us. He says in verse 11, So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the things for which I sent it. Now, what do rain and God's word have in common? A couple of things. First, God is the source of both of them. And secondly, they are received as gifts. And when they're received, they provide life in abundance. The Negev, Israel's desert region, has a fantastic transformation when God brings refreshing rain to that ground. When the rain comes soon afterwards, the wilderness floor transforms into a glorious array of bountiful colors. It's astounding that what was once dead suddenly burst into glorious life, a spectacular beauty that the person standing there cannot help but give praise even unto God for that. So it is with God's gift of salvation, his word. It is transformational. It provides and accomplishes the purpose for which God has sent it. And when we see it, when we experience it, we can't help but give him praise. As I look out over the congregation today and I see your faces, I can't help but marvel at the wonder of God who took your spiritually dead lives just like mine, and by his word, he sent the blessing to us of the gospel, and he brought transformation to you. And I can't help but praise him for that. And for some of you, that will happen today. What a glorious day it is. But my friends, some of you are in a spiritual desert. Some of you are living in the dry lands like Israel's Negev. And you have little beauty and little vitality in your soul. You are distant and removed from God. And perhaps your heart is barren, calloused by the sin that you cannot break free from. 
it doesn't have to be that way your life doesn't have to be as it is there is a shower of hope and if you hear it it is echoing today not just rain but a shower the blessing of God the word of God that is drawing you to understand who he is and what he is providing and what he calls for you and me to move in faith towards his word is like the spring rains bringing hope bringing life and bringing refreshment to us his word washes over us and refreshes us and restores us and brings spiritual transformation to the lives of the people who trust in him and turn from their ways and surrender to him won't you seek him today won't you call to him today won't you accept his invitation while the door is open won't you come and dine with jesus today as he's wanting to dine with you would you pray with me lord i thank you for the offering that is made now possible through your spirit and your word i pray that there will be some in this room some watching on YouTube, on Facebook, streaming online, listening on the radio, I pray, God, that there will be some who are hearing your voice calling out to them. And my friends, if that's you, perhaps you'll pray a prayer similar to this. Lord, I need new life. Life that you've provided through Jesus, your son. I forsake my old ways and reject my old ways of thinking. Forgive me, God, and I will be forgiven. Wash me, and I will be clean. Restore me, and I will be whole. With your head bowed and your eyes closed, I'll ask, did you pray a prayer like that? Are you seeking the Lord even now, calling on him? Are you hungry, thirsty, deep within? And the Lord is offering refreshment, and you're saying yes to him. With just me looking, I want to ask you to just slip up your hand and say, yes, Pastor, I'm praying. Yes, I see your hand. Any others? I'm praying the Lord would transform me. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Any others? Thank you. Thank you. I'm so moved by you hearing the Lord and his gracious offering to you. Some in this room need to seek the Lord and call upon him, returning to him. You've been away too long. I've been there. You've satisfied too many cravings and neglected your deepest thirst and hunger, the inner person. Today, God is saying, it's a day for a fresh start. Surrender to me and have sweet fellowship with me again. Why don't you turn that into a prayer? Oh, Lord, I've been gone too long. Thank you for being a loving shepherd to seek me, the one who's wandered away. Lord, let me be back in your fold, in your care, under your watchful eye, receiving what you will give to me to eat, and providing the still waters of life. Let me return.